This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the weekly Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Argyle Chat, the weekly Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live. Joining me to look back on Saturday's victory over Macclesfield is Chris Harrington. Hi, Chris. Hi, Stu. And a warm welcome to today's special guest, Mike Parrish, who does a lot of media work for Plymouth Parkway and is also a big Argyle fan. Hi, Mike. Hello, how are you? Yeah, good. Welcome good. to the show. Welcome aboard, Mike. Thank you. Thank you for coming to see us. Absolutely. Um, we can talk a bit Argyle and also a bit of Parkway, Parkway because they've been having a tremendous season. And sort of lots of connections between the two clubs, aren't there? You know, the, the people behind the scenes and some of the players as well. There's, uh, there's quite a close tie-up between the two teams. There is. There is. There's a nucleus of players who been there for a while now or applied their trade with Argyle mm. in the early days so yeah lots to talk about later on absolutely and a lot of I think a lot of Argyle fans as well have almost adopted Parkway as almost like a, a second team haven't they it's it's always a bit odd that a city the size of Plymouth has got a professional football team but there's never really been a, a non-league team for the no. a phrase that's really been part of the city that maybe people could rally around lots of cities in England have a club and then they'll have some non-league clubs, so that when Argyle are away, or the equivalent of Argyle in the big city were away, yeah. those fans can then go and, and see the local non-league team. That hasn't always, well, hasn't been the case until sort of Parkway's emergence, probably in the last year or two, and with the success they've had in the Plymouth Vars, uh, the FA Vars this season, you know, the standard of football is good, there's the Argyle connections that we've briefly touched on and we can talk about later, and um, I, I think it's great for for football in the city mm. and for Argyle to have a good, thriving non-league team that, you know, maybe you can loan some young loan, loan yes. young players yeah. to. You can be guaranteed that in pre-season you're going to have one good yeah. quality pre-season game on a good pitch against good opposition. You know, it, there's there's lots of spin-offs, not just for Parkway because obviously they get big crowds when Argyle go in there, but vice versa as well. So absolutely, it's good. As we said, we'll talk more Parkway. Yes. Later on, but let's start with um, Argyle. Two home games, two wins, two clean sheets, six goals and six points. That's a perfect week, isn't it, Chris? Yeah, I mean, that was just what the doctor ordered after the defeat at Bradford. 2-1 up there on a dreadful pitch. You had your, your skipper and your top scorer sent off. And it felt like an important two games against Grimsby and Macclesfield. They had to get back on track. They had to put six points. Four would have probably you know been acceptable, but... They really need six on the board. Um, but it's not just the fact that they've put six points on the board. It is the fact that they won both games 3-0. They could have won both games by more. The, both the strikers are scoring goals. The goals are flying in. Uh, George Cooper had an outstanding game uh, on Saturday at left wing back. Ryan Hardy, you know, Blackpool fans must be scratching their head. He got one goal in 12 games for them. OK, yeah, that's at League One level. But I'm not sure there's a huge difference between... The table, League One, and and top end of League Two, but you know you can argue the merits about the the level of competition. This isn't good, but Hardy one goal in twelve starts, uh, twelve games for Blackpool, 
seven in 13 games for Argyle. And of course, only five of those has been starts. Yeah. But he's got his way into the starting lineup now. He's got rid of the, the super sub tag, uh, which, <laughs> yes. was, which was plaguing him. And um, him and Luke Jeffcott look quite a tidy partnership. When you think they've only both been playing for Argyle effectively since January, because Luke Jeffcott was on loan at Truro and um, Ryan Hardy only arrived. So they've both only played for Argyle since January and they've got 14 goals between them. Yeah. Right, well, that's, Absolutely. That's what makes a big difference. When Mike, have you, have you been impressed with the signings? Certainly the loan signings that Ryan Lowe's made. They've all come in and, and had such a massive impact on the team. I think that's what you're saying. They've, they've come in and they've had the impact. I mean, for, for me, Luke Jaffcott coming back um, after being at Truro, and coming back into the team and I didn't think he would go on and do what he's done to be honest but he has and it's it's wonderful to see and this Ryan Hardy mm-hmm. looks another quality player I've got friends who go week in week out they're really impressed with him so it just bodes well for the for the remainder of the season and mm-hmm. if they two can be firing and others coming back in it's uh, it's going to be exciting yeah good position to be in before we uh, talk about Macclesfield, let's go a little bit further back, Chris, and speak about the Grimsby game. That mm. first half against um, Ian Holloway's team, would you say that's the best Argyle have played this season? Um, I mean, on paper, it's easy to say because they're 3-0 up at half-time and the job seems to be done. I, I think probably, maybe not. I mean, the first 10-15 minutes was quite even. It was interesting that Grimsby played 4-3-3 and tried to do to Argyle what Bradford had done the Saturday before. I think Ian Holloway must have looked at the video of Argyle's defeat in Bradford. And Bradford played three up against Argyle's three central defenders and tried to go one-on-one with them and cause problems. I think the theory being that, that none of the Argyle central defenders are particularly quick. So if you can isolate them one-on-one, there's a fair chance that your striker will get past the central defender. And it felt like Grimsby would try to do exactly the same thing. And for the first 10, 15 minutes, it looked as though they might have a little bit of joy at it. But then I think Argyle um, got used to how they were playing, imposed themselves on the, on, on the game more. And from sort of minute 15 to 45, yes, then they did play very well. They got 3-0 up. And it was one of those games, the second half, where oh, you think oh, we're gonna, they might go on and win five or six. But how often do you see a sort of yeah, yeah. a first half might yeah. where there's lots yeah. of goals and then it, yeah, it peters out of it, doesn't it? I think the clean sheet, though, is important. Oh. And two on the spin as well. Um, that always helps and, and breeds confidence. But for me, what was it like to see Ian back at? It, it was good. Um, I haven't seen Ian Holloway in the flesh for a long time. Um, <laughs> and uh, he was down on the side of the pitch quite a way before the kickoff, talking to Gordon Sparks. Yeah. And I've done the live blog bits and pieces, so I did pop down to say hello and shake his hand. And yeah, he was in good form. He was good to be back. Um, he was interested in what was going on at Argyle and the grandstand. Um, I, as a few people probably know, I'm a Crystal Palace fan. Ian Holloway was the manager of Palace when Palace won the player final at Wembley against Watford a few years ago. <laughs> so uh, we talked about that. And uh, Kevin Phillips scored a very late penalty for Palace in that game uh, to save it going from penalty, going to a penalty shootout. And so I say to him, you know, oh, that, was a, that was a big day. And uh, he did say, he said, he he never thought for a single minute that Kevin Phillips was ever going to miss that penalty. So we had a bit of a chat about that. And uh, yeah, he was in good form. I think he, he struck me as quite relaxed. I think partly because Grimsby, even before that game, weren't going to get in the playoffs, weren't going to get relegated. I think he's very much using the, the final few weeks of the season as an assessment of what yeah. he's got at Grimsby. And just to put it a little bit into perspective, you know, Argyle beat Grimsby easily 3-0. 
but they did then go and win their big local derby at Scunthorpe on Saturday 2-0. Um, so Grimsby perhaps didn't look that great against Argyle, but then a few days later, away to their arch rivals, mm. they've won the local derby 2-0. So I think maybe that does put into perspective. It was a good, it was a good performance for Argyle to, to beat them 3-0. Yeah. Could you perhaps say then that Grimsby maybe had half an eye on the Scunthorpe yeah, game? Because that would have been a, yeah, that's, obviously a bigger game for that, them and their fans. Uh, absolutely, that's, that's quite possible. Uh, that, that happens many yeah, times. And, you know, they came down to Plymouth Tuesday. Uh, I did an interview with um, Ollie for Plymouth Live uh, on Monday on afternoon. Monday, they? they came down on Monday yeah. and he was at Strangsham Services and, and I had a chat with him on the phone while he was at Strangsham. And he was saying, you forget how far it is. And this is somebody who lives in Bristol or Bath yeah. and things like that. So, yeah, I think Grimsby perhaps travelling to Plymouth on the Tuesday when they've got their big local derby on the Saturday. Yes, that's that's possible. But I suppose that's the vagaries of the football fixture list, isn't it? Sometimes yeah. things work for you and you think, oh, this is a good time to be playing so-and-so. And yeah. other times yeah. you think, oh, you know. Well, of course, it was the rearranged game, wasn't it? From yes. when the, the route almost yes. came off home park. Absolutely, so. yeah. <laughs> um, and then moving on to Saturday then. Yep. I thought the quotes from the Macclesfield manager were very yeah. interesting because he came out afterwards and mm. he, he felt Macclesfield were, mm. didn't deserve to lose by a 3-0 scoreline. But you're saying it was quite... Uh, I think they could have lost by a 3-0 scoreline, about 6-3. Uh, I think Argyle were, were, were the better team, but I was very impressed with the way Macclesfield played. Again, they played with three up front. Uh, it it seems, strikes, strikes me as no coincidence that the opposition teams are, are trying to do that. Uh, and with a little bit of luck, they could have... Uh, Joe Ironside, the striker, had a couple of good chances. He sent a header wide at 0-0. He had a one-on-one save by Alex Palmer. Uh, there was an incredible goal-line clearance from Scott Wooten when the score was 1-0 to Argyle. And if um, Macclesfield had scored then, it would have been 1-1 with half an hour to go. And, you know, who knows how it would have panned out. But I think it was Argyle had 26 attempts on goal. They scored three. They had a fourth one ruled out. I mean, it was clearly across the line how the match officials didn't see it. I do not know. Um, otherwise, Ryan Hardy would have had eight goals in 13 games, not seven. Uh, they had plenty of chances. Uh, I think Mark Kennedy was right to highlight the fact that his team played well. They attacked well. Um, they could have scored two or three goals, but Argyle could have scored six yeah. easily. So um, it, it was a good convincing. It was a good convincing victory. I understand where he was coming from. That three 0 when you've not seen the game. That was easy. It wasn't easy, but I would say to him that your team could have lost six three quite easily. Yeah, I think that's sorry. I think that's what I like to hear when you say mm. uh, the goal line clearance. Mm. That, but for me, that that's brilliant to hear. But you know, we go on and win three and they'll keep a clean sheet. But but to have those moments in the game when that happens, it can only. And it's a sort of sign of a team that's that's doing well. Yeah. Because that doesn't happen. Um, all the, the the fans that were at the game on Saturday will, will know the one I'm, I'm meaning. I mean, it looked for all the world that Joe Einside was going to score. Alex Palmer was out of position. Scott Wooten's got back and made an incredible clearance. One, to actually be able to block the ball, but to be able to also get it up and over the crossbar from, from almost being on the line was was amazing. I mean, I think, I think all of us in the press box were about to sort of tweet goal and, and <laughs> things like that. And, um, uh, and then a couple of minutes later, Argyle go down the other end and... It was fantastic. Danny Mayer and, and George Cooper were excellent on Saturday. I mean, if you can get, what, nine games to go, if you could get another six or seven performances like that out of the two of them, then, then our goal will go up. They, they were just too, too good. And they, their link-up was excellent. 
and George Cooper, you know, we can talk about um, later, um, Stu maybe, but he was exceptional. Two goals, an assist, and um, yeah, absolute clear man of the match. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because it wasn't so long ago we were talking about George Cooper and mm. um, perhaps highlighting his defensive yeah. efficiencies. So and he would never claim to be no, well, he's a, not, a defender. Is he? he's not, no. He isn't. Um, and they're trying to get him into the team. Um, and because of the way Anthony Sarsavik and Danny Mayer are played in the midfield, he, he can't go in there. And so the left wing-back role became vacant and you know he's got a good left foot, so he's been used in that position. Um, so is it an ideal position? I don't think we've ever thought it was, but you only have to see him play like he did on Saturday. You've got to have him in the team. Yeah. You have to. I mean, he's too good a player. Uh, 12 assists this season in 31 games. You know, his assist rate is fantastic. The delivery of crosses is great. Yeah. He's, he's he, yeah. you know, If you're the opposition, <clears throat> you know, you don't want to get too carried after, away after a 3-0 win but, against Macclesfield. But if you're the opposition and you think, well, there's Danny Mayer there, and oh, it's George Cooper, and then you can throw Anthony Sarsavik probably back into the mix now he's served his two-match suspension. And you've got Byron Moore playing at right wing-back who's played a lot of the season as striker and scored goals as a striker. Mm-hmm. So you've got Moore and Cooper Gutman down the flanks, you've got Mayer, Sarsavik, you've got Ryan Hardy who's got seven in 13, you've got Luke Jeffcott who's got seven since the start of January. Yeah, Even, well, even Callum Fadzine playing as a left-sided yeah. centre-back, he's quite, yeah. you know, he's yeah. always quite a, yeah. an attack-minded fullback. So really, who are you going to double up on like that lot? Because if you double up on any of them, then yeah. that leaves somebody else. So, you know, there's, there's bound to be twists and turns and ups yeah. and downs in the last nine games. But try to be objective about it. If you look at that Argyle team, Cooper and Moore and Meyer and Sarsavik and Jeffcott and Hardy, that's full of goals. Mm. That's full of goals. How good is Danny Meyer? Danny Meyer is an interesting one, Mike, because... Everyone, there were such high expectations for him when he signed in the summer. Uh, the manager made reference to him being better than Carey and Ramirez, which you know I don't think he, I don't think he did him any favours, um, because Graham Carey particularly and Ruben Ramirez were very good servants for Argyle. Yeah. Um, he's got one goal, so I think everyone would have expected to have more one, more than one goal. He definitely gets a lot of the attention from the opposition. And even the fact that he's not maybe made the headlines that people thought he was going to, the fact that he is in the team, he is the number 10, he does make things tick, teams do double up on him. And of course, if you're doubling up on him, then somebody else, a George Cooper or an Anthony Sarsavik, is going to find more space. And maybe it's no surprise that Anthony Sarsavik's having one of the best goal-scoring seasons yeah. of his career, partly because he's taken penalties, but also because he's got the freedom to... to rampage around the midfield and get into the penalty box because the opposition is so focused on Danny Mayer. So he's not had the the, the stats and the, the everything that people might have expected, uh, but I still think he's played an important part for the team. Yeah, it certainly seems to be contributing. Mm. Uh, you touched on Anthony Sarsovic there. Yeah. Um, no Gary Sawyer as well. So mm. this, you know, the, these two victories have come yes. off the back of those two players not being in the team. I know. Mac, uh, Lee Newson saying, how hard do you feel it will be for Gary Sawyer and Sarsovic to get back in the team with six goals and two clean sheets? Mm. And does this just prove that you need a good squad for when issues like this arise? Well, you do need a good squad, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Any, any yeah. team, Parkway have got a good squad, haven't they? Like, any team that is going to be success needs some competition for places. You can't just rely on the same 13, 14 players, especially at this time of the season when there's so many games, there's other been postponements, cup commitments, as Parkway we know. There's so many Saturday, Tuesday games in League Two football, isn't there? 
Um, yeah, you don't win anything with a starting eleven. You just not. Oh, no. You just. You, you and it's, there's that old cliche as well, isn't there? That your team's only as strong as your bench. You know, mm-hmm. if you've got a strong bench, then generally you're going to have a strong, strong team. Um, I mean, you know, I've got Morecambe away on Saturday. Uh, Anthony Sarsevic will be available for that game. He's your top scorer. Connor Grant's done nothing wrong. He's played the two games. It's hard to see Anthony Sarsevic not starting against Morecambe when he's had the season he's had, um, which would be a little bit harsh on Connor Grant, but. You know, what What can you do? Yeah. Um, Conor Grant will probably say, well, I've played in two, three nil home wins. You know, <laughs> and if he's, if he's not in the team, he's, he's probably going to feel a bit bit peeved, isn't he? But well, Yeah, you know. I mean, that's an interesting one for, for um, Ryan Lowe, isn't it? Because obviously he doesn't want to upset Conor Grant. Uh, it's a difficult word, but... It would be a manager. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good problem to have, isn't Absolutely it? Absolutely. It's yeah. a better problem to have than, uh, well, who on earth am I going to stick in there today? Where's that for? You know... Uh, I would have thought Sarsavik would come back in. I mean, he's he's he, for me he's been Argyle's best player this season. Yeah, Jack's Jack's been um, saying the same as well, isn't he? Gary Sawyer's got another two games to serve, uh, two away games, so he is available for selection for the for the Devon Derby on a fortnight today, Monday as we record this. Um, I mean, if they keep two clean sheets against Morecambe and, and Orient, I've got four clean sheets in a row. Then that, that might be a different matter, might it then? Absolutely. Matthew Pilley's also sent a question in. Could the club afford to sign goalkeeper Alex Palmer, Ryan Hardy and George Cooper? Because when the Greens get promoted, he's obviously very confident, <laughs> I'm really worried other clubs will see how good these players have been and they might outbid Argar. Yeah, Matthew, you need to win the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's going to come at some cost, isn't it? Although we believe that an agreement's in place for Cooper. The, Ryan Lowe's, it's, it's all a bit vague, this yeah, George Cooper. Strange, the, the, the manager says there is an option. Now, whether there is an option to buy but we've agreed a fee or whether there's an option to buy but it's for a rough ballpark figure, I don't think anyone's really quite got to the bottom of. Uh, I'm sure Ryan Lowe would love to sign all three of those players that Matthew's mentioned. Uh, Alex Palmer's been excellent, mm. uh, ever-present, 14 clean sheets. Even in the game against Macclesfield, as I say, he made a really important one-on-one save in the first half when it was nil-nil. Um, so that's what your keeper's got to do. You might not always be really busy in games, but he, he makes um, important saves. Ryan Hardy and you know has been excellent. George Cooper's been excellent. Could you sign all three of them? I think it's it's an ask. Uh, what are West Brom going to do with Alex Palmer? Yeah, you know uh, he's he's been there all of his yeah. career. He's twenty three. He's had a season playing first team football. Is he going to go and want to go back to West Brom and be the second or third choice keeper there? If they get promoted to the Premier League, which looks likely, you know, he's, he's, he's not going to get a go there, is he? No. Uh, yeah. So, is it he is interesting because West Brom are one of those clubs that give players an opportunity, though, aren't they? I mean, we I can know, talk about players going back, but you only have to see it, some mm, of the players that are coming through at West would, Brom. Would he get an opportunity if they did get into the Premier League? That's Well, I, you'd say that, in, you know, they mm. got relegated to the Championship last year, and they're yeah. still giving youngsters an opportunity this season. So it, I, It's I, a question I, we don't know the answer no, we to. Don't. But we're, we're some, you know, does he go back to West Brom and be a second choice or third choice? Does he does he get a chance and play? Does he do West Brom keep him but loan him out for another season to a League One or Championship club to give him another year of development? Mm. Because at twenty three, that's not old old for a goalkeeper, no. is it? Um, or do they? And he decide well, look, I've had a season playing first team football. I, I want to play first team football for someone. If you can't guarantee me that, then I'd like to go, please. Yeah. So, Chris, you've you've seen Alex Palmer week in week out. Would you say he's a Premiership goalkeeper in the making? Because I guess that's what it boils yeah. down to. West Brom will look at it and say, can he do it in the Premier League? And if he can't, 
maybe Argyle. I mean, as you say, he's twenty three now. Maybe he's, he's at a stage where Argyle could perhaps yeah, buy him. Yeah. But then West Brom will insist on a hefty sell on clause if he was to go on. And I yeah. think it's a big ask to say he's a potential Premier League goalkeeper. I think he's a very good goalkeeper. I think he'll go on and have a good career. Uh, and a higher, much higher. I could see him in the Championship. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Premier League, who knows? But did I think Ashley Barnes would go on and become a Premier League player? And uh, uh, no, you're not very good scouting, Chris. <laughs> so, so I wouldn't rule it out. Um, I think he's he's done a really good job for Argyle this season. And if I was him, I'd be wanting to play regular football in League One or the Championship next season. Mm. I mean, ideally, you'd love to play Premier League football for West Brom, but if, if that's not going to happen... Uh, what I suppose what I'm saying is that there, there would be considerable finances involved in getting all three of those yeah, players. And if I was a betting man, which I'm not, but I think it would be a big ask to have Alex Palmer, Ryan Hardy and George Cooper all in the Argyle squad next season because that would not come cheaply. I, I, I can see Palmer being there next season in that arrangement mm. where you know, West Brom insists on a hefty sell-on. Yeah. Um, Hardy, I think, would be the one that would cost the most money. Or, and he's under contract at Blackpool. I mean, yeah, why, exactly. would, why would Blackpool change their manager? So he wasn't getting a lot of game mm. time under uh, Simon Grayson. And goal scores uh, are so hard to come by. You know, Blackpool, if you're Blackpool, you're going to you want him. You're going to want yeah. him at least for pre-season and the start of season until the August transfer window. And then you can make a decision then. But if, if you... If you've, I mean, they must be kicking... Would they be kicking themselves? I don't know, but... They they're gonna. He scored seven goals. There's every chance he could get ten goals yeah. in in four in less than four months for Argyle. You you're gonna want him back at Blackpool and have a good look at it. It's a new manager, Neil Critchley, the former Liverpool uh, under twenty threes boss. He's gonna want to look at Ryan Hardy in the summer and who knows that Ryan Hardy could use this in next season and he could be scoring goals for fun for Blackpool. And this could also be part of his development as well. You know, Blackpool mm. saying well, we don't think you're quite ready for League One yet. Go out to our goal, score mm. a few goals, then come back and we'll see. How you developed? That, that's what you say. He's he, go and score goals, and that's yeah. what he's done. Well, that's what Jeffcott did at Truro. It's, it's it, exactly it? the same. It's funny. You, I was going to say that is that Ryan Lowe said to Luke Jeffcott, "Go out, score goals, show to me that you should be mm-hmm. in the team." And he's he's done that and come in. And now we've got exactly the same situation. But Argyle are the one that have yeah. taken the player on loan. But you've got two players that have gone out on loan and are scoring goals, and their careers are being enhanced considerably because of that. Absolutely. Well, great question from Matthew. Mm. Um, Andy Lodge, he agrees as well. I think that it's a great question because if Argyle want to push on to the next level, they're going to need a solid goalkeeper and a good team to build on Mm. for the level of League One and then to kick on again and get into the Championship. So um, that one's done. Let's Mm. chat coronavirus. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) With our masks on. Yeah, exactly. With our masks on and our hands washed. the thing that made me laugh was that on Saturday the teams came out uh, as, on, as they did and they didn't do the handshake I know exactly what you're going to say and then at the end of the game they were yeah. all slapping hugging each other, other hugging each other <laughs> shaking hands this that and the other and you just think what was all that before the game yeah. what was the point um, anyway, I, I, don't. I was at a match on Saturday and I was saying to my friend because we saw the, the handshake happen and I said it's just going to come naturally to the players and instinctively at the end of the game they're going to just start shaking their hands and not even think about coronavirus no, no. at all what was it like at Parkway on Saturday did they do the handshake there or I don't, I don't think they know what coronavirus is <laughs> <laughs> um, no mention of it at all no. just got on shake hands yeah but obviously for, for Argyle it's a, it's a different kettle of fish and they've got to um, sort of follow the EFL rules exactly, or exactly. Yeah. exactly. But, but I mean guidance, but you, you 
you've got to say to players, oh, just don't go for a taco because you know you might <laughs> catch that. Uh, it's it's it, it's a serious subject, but for sporting events and for, yeah. especially on the field action. Well, absolutely. I mean, Dave Searle has, has sent a question in saying, do you see the coronavirus impacting football attendances? Can you see games being played in empty stadiums? If so, will this impact lower leagues who struggle financially? Mm-hmm. We, you know, we've got the Devon Derby two yeah. weeks yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah. EFL come out and say, we yeah. want to stop for two weeks. Yeah. Behind closed doors. Exactly. Games. At least it's on Sky. <laughs> it would cause chaos. It would. It'd be a nightmare. And it would be financially really devastating yeah. not only for Argo but for lots of clubs because we're coming to the stage of the season where there's lots of big games mm, yeah. promotion and relegations at stake there's big crowds I mean and you've already played Exeter away sorry Chris yeah. you've already played Exeter away mm. if they to play behind closed doors at home park yes. you're playing at a neutral venue mm. Mm. You, so there's got to be there's the competitive balance isn't there there is well exactly I mean you, you'd well, imagine the Green Army could have such an impact in a, they, in a big Devon derby like that you're going to have a home, home advantage 12th man and all that sort of stuff yeah. so I really hope we don't go down the road of playing behind closed doors because no. I, I don't think that that's right, fair. Um, you know, I, I don't want to diminish it, I, and I don't. I'm no medical expert, so what do I know? But if you're going to stop having football games played in front of football crowds, you know, are you going to stop people going to cinemas and watching films in a yeah. in an auditorium? Are you going to stop people eating meals in a restaurant where there's lots of other people around? Are you going to stop people going into Drake Circus because there's People within close. Where do you if you, where do you if draw you, the line? Where do you draw the yeah, line? Yeah, you know, if you so, I hope. I think the law, the line's been drawn in Germany, hasn't mm. it? Because they've cancelled gatherings of over a thousand people. Mm. So that would. I think. I think if it but comes down there's to a the thousand person. people in Drake Circus on a Saturday yeah. afternoon. Are you gonna are you gonna have somebody stood at Drake Circus saying, "Well, with their little clicker, oh, we've got a thousand people in here now. No, no more people Should are allowed in." I mean, I think it comes down to the person as well. Some people will not go. To yeah. these, but mm. the Personal majority. Choice. I mean, if I go away mm. and it's on, the, the Green Army will follow them. That's it's coronavirus uh, or no coronavirus. Yeah. I think maybe, I don't know, maybe a week to shut down or something like that. I know it would cause fixture congestion, but um, at least uh, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I'm, it is. I'm not an expert, so it, it feels like it's going to have an impact on football in some way, shape or form. On Saturday, apart from the pre-match handshake, there was lots of, lots of notices around Home Park. Everywhere you went, there was the signs, there was the messages about you know washing your hands and the sanitation and, and all that sort of stuff. So, um, But it didn't, feel like too much of an impact. No. People were still, sh- I shook hands with loads of people mm. on Saturday. Um, yeah. So, I wonder if this Saturday, it could have an impact. I, I think we've just got to wait and see. If mm. it continues to rise, the number of cases mm. rise, and I, yeah. I think the, the authorities are going to have to yeah. And I, it's, I suppose it's where they're doing I hope they don't. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Simon I, Taylor says, will the fans get their money back for their season tickets? No idea. I mean, this is unprecedented stuff, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. So I would have thought they probably would, but how it would go about, what percentage and all that, I've no idea. Never happened before, has it? No, so, no, not as far as I know. Like this. No, and we've seen it impacts rugby. You know, mm. the Six Nations has obviously been affected mm. with yeah. England initially being cancelled. I suppose part of me says, well, let's finish the season now then with Argyle third, automatic promotion, <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> tell you what, what is interesting though is obviously the European Championship system and they start oh, in Rome, don't they? They so, do, yeah. You know, I, th- I think don't say about that. We've both got tickets for an England game, haven't we, Stuart? I don't want to miss out on that. It's no. the Olympics as well this year. Yeah. yeah. It's 
Yeah, it's, it's sporting. I mean, it's having big big impacts. I mean, the, there was a big uh, cycling race in Italy that was called off this week. Italy's obviously having big problems, yeah, aren't they? And, uh, the Australian Grand Prix on the weekend that seems to be on at the moment, but subject to change. And yeah, it's very much watch this space, isn't it? Absolutely. I hope the games carry on, but you know, you, at some point, I suppose the government have got to think big picture, but. I do think if you start cancelling football games or having them played behind closed doors because there's going to be seventeen or eighteen hundred people at Morecambe on Saturday, I don't really see the difference much no. of a difference between that and a thousand people shopping in Drake Circus on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome back to the second half of the podcast. We've all been off to wash our hands. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on to another subject then, um, and this is this is quite an interesting one. It's a question I've had from Stephen Bryan. Um, is Stephen the, the guy from Glasgow? Uh, it could be, yes. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's, it's, this will obviously have an impact with him as well because it's about Flybe and he's yes. asking what impact will Flybe and the collapse mm. of uh, the local airline have on Argyle. Mm. Um, he presumes it's a popular travel option for many of the staff and players. Mm. And you and I were chatting about it earlier, Chris, yes. and I said, you know, for Ryan Lowe yep. and the, the former Berry players, yep. I imagine they use that flight from Exeter to Manchester on quite a regular basis. I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure they do, yeah. Mm. Um, Could be worth having a asking him. I will, I will ask him, Stephen. Thank you for yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> raising uh, the question. Raising the question. <laughs> next time I see Ryan, I will ask him because I'm sure he, they they fly up and back. Um, so it is a question that's worth asking. I see. Was it Logan Air have taken up some of the flights yes, at Flybe? They, mind you, they were going to be doing like was it Glasgow, Edinburgh, Newcastle, or something like that. I think so, Stephen will be right to get back to home park then. So, uh, so whether <laughs> so whether anyone would, I would have thought an exit to, to Manchester route would be pretty. Popular. I mean, I don't know. I'm not. It's got all the former Berry players. Well, it is, yeah. <laughs> and Ryan, that. I, uh, <laughs> as you know, Stu, I I drive to all these uh, northern outposts that we go to up the uh, M5 and M6. So. Um, you must have clocks and miles. Of cool, clocks and yeah, about twelve thousand a year, uh, about twelve thousand a season, Mike. Normally, something like that. So, mind you, you've done a few. We can talk about that in a minute with your yeah, travels that you've been doing. But um, heaven. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what. Getting on a on a slightly more serious note, but getting players to sign for Argyle is sometimes difficult because of the perceived isolation yeah. of Plymouth. And if you now lose, if I can't imagine it would happen, but if there is no air route from say Manchester to the southwest, can do you can you fly from uh, Manchester to Cornwall? Nuclear? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not a great so. expert on it. But anything that re- increases the perception that the Plymouth is isolated and a long way from anywhere and if you're going to get there you're going to have to drive and it's going to take you hours and hours and hours that could potentially put off new signings and that isn't a good thing for Argyle so the, the fact that flights could be reduced coming to Exeter from other parts of the country could impact Argyle although at the first sight it might not seem to have that big an issue obviously Flybe were the shirt sponsors of Exeter City so that has, a, has an impact on them but I, I do think it it has an impact on, on Argyle or potential impact on Argyle and um, yeah. Am I right in thinking Flyby had sponsorship at Argyle as well? I'm uh, sure I saw boards and things at Home Park before. Don't know. Not sure. Uh, Air South West had boards when they had a spell flying out of Plymouth yeah. when we started at the airport in Plymouth. Um, Let's get but, the airport uh, back. <laughs> well, that's, uh, we yeah. actually had a question sent in. It's one of the replies to Stephen's question is reopen Plymouth Airport. But. Yeah. No, I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. No. But uh, yeah, no, it's a good point. Yeah, good point, and I will. Absolutely. I will. I'll, I'll, 
Note to, note to mental self, note. mental yeah. note. Um, I'll ask Brian Lowe about that when we see him, probably on Thursday. Yeah, one final question. We don't need to spend much time on this one, but Jack Ball saying, when will, the, when will your other regular contributor be back on the show? He's been missed. I think that's up for debate. I'm not well, sure he has been. But... Jack, Jack who? Yeah, Jake, Jake Ball. I think Jake Ball, yeah. <laughs> is that what you used to say to me? Yeah. Jake Ball. Yeah. Uh, Morecambe next thing, Chris. Yeah. Uh, Derek Adams, yep, obviously the manager mm. of... Morecambe now mm. they're probably safe for this season given the way that League 2 has panned out and yeah. um, Stevenage is somewhere adrift now mm. um, but how much would Derek Adams want to win this game? A lot yeah a lot um, partly because of the way it all ended at Argyle and it, it didn't end the way anyone would have wanted for him at the club him himself obviously Argyle beat Morecambe 3-0 um, before Christmas so he will be very keen to um to get a win over them. It's a very different team to the one that played Argyle in December. He made a lot of changes in the January transfer window. Um, they've not won masses of games, but they've, they've been unbeaten in a lot of them. And they've, I think they have probably picked up... They're not safe from relegation yet, but Stephen is you're going to have to suddenly turn around their form massively. I think yeah. they're nine points behind Morecambe. So they've, they've got to win three games just to get back on level terms. To even get on level terms. Yeah. You just, when, you, when Stephen has got 22 points all season, the thought of them getting nine points in the next four or five games seems unlikely, but you know who knows. So Morecambe aren't safe, but they must, they're, they're inching their way there. Um, but yeah, I'm sure Derek Adams will, will absolutely want to put one over on Argyle. There's no doubt. Who, who wouldn't any manager yeah. in that situation would? I think you take... Derek Adams out of the situation mm. though it's, it's our goal going to a team struggling mm. um, if they are going to get out of this league that's it's a must three points and it's a very gettable three points so um, but I mean even looking for, for myself looking at Derek Adams and Ryan Lowe it's yin and yang isn't it it's two completely styles oh, entities yeah. of, of, of people mm. and um, from Derek leaving to Ryan coming in the transformation has just been Unbelievable. Yeah, were you, were you a big fan of Derek Adams while he was Argyle manager? Uh, I've been a big fan of every Argyle manager. It's a difficult job to have. Uh, you either like him or you don't. Um, I Again, friends, people go to games, get frustrated with, with how they played, and, and Derek done a job for us. It didn't, he had his ups and downs with us, and, and like Chris said, it probably didn't end the way that anybody wanted it to. But um, you got you got to thank him for what he did at Plymouth Argo at the end of the day, and um, and it's led the way from Ryan Lowe now. And I think um, just him as a person, um, for myself looking in, and I've got I've been to a few press conferences, I've been around him. He's got this good aura. He's got a smile on his face. He knows how to get the crowd going, to interact with the public, and um, I think to have Ryan Lowe at, at the figurehead, the focal point of Plymouth Argo at the moment. 2020 Mayflower 400 and all of that it's it's probably the best appointment I've got to have made for many many years yeah when you see the, the interview that Chris did with um, Simon Hallett last week as well and he said that's the sort of you, prototype that Argyle want as their manager not just now but going go, forward as well I, for me you go back to the start of the season and when Sky done a piece on Ryan Lowe it was unbelievable just that's never happened with, with Plymouth Argyle maybe a bit with Ian Holloway I remember him going on Soccer AM and things like that and being jovial. But he's he's professional, but he's got that modern-day manager feel about him, mm. um, which I think for Argyle, the way 
the, the cameras came in, you saw him in the dressing room, you've seen him in the car, you've seen him on match days, you've seen what he talked about, Argyle. And then more recently with the Josh Whittacombe bit, and you see him after the game with um, having a beer with the with the manager. Yeah. And that's yeah. brilliant. It's, it, it, for, for Argyle fans, they must be, re- you know, myself included, fantastic to have someone like that. Indeed. Confident for Saturday then, Chris? Yes. Yeah, I mean, drive. no. <laughs> <laughs> you had to bring me down to work quickly there, didn't you? Too? Uh, no, I'm definitely not looking forward no, to the drive. That's, that, that is a that is a long way. Um, yeah, the, having scored six goals, none, none conceded in the last two games. Why wouldn't you be confident? I wouldn't be overconfident. I fully expect Derek Adams to make sure that his Macclesfield team is as as well prepared as they possibly can be. Um, but, you know, as I said earlier in the podcast in the first half when you look at Cooper Moore Meyer Sarsavik Connor Grant Jeffcott Hardy there's a lot of attacking Anything. threats mm. and one or two of them might have an off game or, or you might be able to stop one or two of them but can you stop all of those players from having an impact on a game and that's why you know I, I would I would certainly hope that Argyle come back with three points it's it's so tight at the top isn't it um was it four points covering the top four, six? Yeah. Oh, I can't remember. Can't remember. But the the top five are extremely close. If Cheltenham win, uh, Swindon win that game in hand, then they go back top. It's it's so tight. You can't afford any slip ups now, no. can you? You you could you could really uh, one or two iffy results, and then you could be looking up thinking, crikey, you know, we've got seven games to go, and we're so and so points adrift. Mm-hmm. So it, it's really important that they. Um, they don't slip up at Morecambe, you know, they've got Exeter coming up, they've got Northampton and Port Vale towards the end of the season at home, who are both perhaps not automatic promotion, but they'll be pushing hard for the playoffs. There's, there's some tough games coming up, so they need to make the most of, of every game they can. And uh, Got a feeling? I, I think, what, for the season, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty... I'm, Stu knows I don't like making predictions. <laughs> I don't like making predictions, but having seen them the last two games, if they can keep playing like that attacking wise, it's going to take a good team to, to stop them. I'm not saying that it won't happen, but they have got a lot of attacking options at the moment that are working. Um, but I think we've probably all seen enough football to know that sometimes when you think work. things are going really well, they, they can have a habit of yeah. going horribly wrong, can't they? So that's why you know, I, I, I agree with you about Ryan Lowe. He's very, one of his biggest qualities for me, he's very positive. Yeah. And I think the while some of the media may be and the fans might go, oh, that's a tricky game and that's a tough game and, it, you know, and this, that and the other. That's he's, the media's job. He, he is positive. Yeah. All the messages that the players will be getting, well, they, he won't be saying to them, well, well too much about well watch out for him watch out for them don't do this don't do that he'll be saying go out and do that go and do that play like that score you know he'll be pumping and full of belief and I think I think he's a winner at the end of the day that's a good quality to have and I think the more positivity he can inject into that team and his players uh, the better I think I just think he's exciting though isn't it the running to, to be in this or go in this situation especially at the start of the season nine games to go one point off the top of the you know, table Devon Derby to look forward Devin, to yeah. Monday night that's going to be one of is the that sold out Chris? Uh, not as yet but um, yeah. I, I believe ticket sales are going very well yeah let's talk Parkway yes 
Um, well, I mean, Mike, I'm going to just sit back and yeah, uh, exactly. uh, yeah, listen, listen to Mike now. This is your uh, your stage. This is my stage. It's been a fantastic season for Parkway so far. They're, they're, I mean, they're top of the league in the Tool Station Premier League. Um, yeah, <laughs> level on points now with rivals Tavistock. Oh, of course they are. Yeah, yeah. I was um, thinking of Bradford, but obviously Brad- Bradford Bradford's game is postponed at the weekend. It's been a wonderful season. I just want to go back to Chris's point at the start with Plymouth Argyle and Parkway in the, in the non-league. If they can do what they project to do and move up the divisions, um, hopefully reach the Southern League Premier, you've got the players at Argyle now like Luke Jaffcott. He could quite easily stay in the city yeah. Yeah. and play for a, a really competitive... That league at the moment is filled with Tibetans, Tauntons, Truros. Um, Western Supermares really good footballing teams um, Parkway aren't there yet but everything's in place for it to get there but this Western League is proving tricky <laughs> <laughs> and you go back to last season the final the final day of the season they, it, was, it all came down to the final day and it wasn't in their hands but at half time they were champions come 90 minutes but they, they were still in the league they were still in the Western League and this season, a lot's been made in the in in the press and and things that they are nailed on to go up. But as we know, football doesn't work that way. Started brilliantly, but you got newcomers in the league, Exmouth and and Tavi, yeah, local teams who have enhanced the quality of the league. And Tavi are, are there by merit, but for Parkway, they simply breathtaking at the start of the season, and now this weather's come and. The, the the adjustment in football. It's not like some pitches have been dodgy for Argyle, but these pitches Parkway are playing on, especially even Belifield Park. The work Gary Turner and, and the ground staff do down there is unbelievable. All voluntary. It's another side to non-league, which I love. But mm. getting that pitch, you know, hopefully the weather's on the turn now, and getting that pitch to back to the carpet playing surface as it was in August, I think you'll see. It's just ne- negotiating this spell of. You know, it's a level playing field for yeah. one picture. And now they've got Westbury on Saturday, they've got Roman Glass, no, Westbury Wednesday, Roman Glass, Saturday, Exmouth Monday. And then they've got arguably one of the biggest games of the season, Bradford Thursday night, and then they play again on Saturday. <laughs> I mean, we talk we're, about we're, Tuesday, Saturday being Yeah, I know, but, that's, but we're going to get the chance to see them. Yes, because one are. of the things with covering Argyle, like I do, is that I, I, I hardly ever see Parkway. And same with Mike. And I do enjoy going to the Life Oak Park, and, you know, I know. Some uh, quite a few of the people there. Mark Russell's uh, a guy that was heavily involved in the Green Tavern when it started. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm so pleased that they're doing well. How much of the uh, they had a fantastic run in the FA Vars. Well, yeah. they got to the quarterfinals. Um, a lot of away games in that run as well. That, uh, how much has that impacted their sort of league campaign? Do you think? I don't think it has. Hmm. I think um, they start. They played Romsey and then they play. Rockenhurst, two Southampton teams, and then they played Hamworthy all away. I forget where Hamworthy is, somewhere up the line. Um, and then they played, oh, who was it they played? Uh, yeah, Woodbridge. Yeah, that was the first yeah. Friday night overnight stay. Yeah. Go there, done a job, 1 0, win conditions, everything. And then finally, they get West Auckland okay. Town again. And I think that defined what Parkway can achieve. Um, okay, there was a crowd. I reckon there was 900 people there, to be honest. 
uh, it said 800 on the official <laughs> attendance, but I think 850. Eight it was, what a day, what a day. Um, it was a day that, uh, luckily I go away, Ryan Lowe in the morning, oh. on social media, yourself, um, every club in the surrounding areas wished Parkway good luck. Yeah. Lots of teams in the same league, I thought that was quite league. interesting, is yeah. that the, the, the Parkway clearly aren't seen as like, uh, the bigotism or a bit jealous of them or anything like that. I think everybody wants to be Parkway. Yeah, that's but there's a lot the of the rival teams were wishing them well, and I thought yeah. that was quite quite nice. That's that's something about Tabby, Parkway's Yeah, fans of Tavistock, fans of Exmouth, fans from all over the league, fans from the peninsula. So you had your Albertans, the whole team from Alberton didn't have a yeah. team. They and came down every You know, don't no one talks about Alberton anymore. It's um. It's just, it was a great day, and, and to win it, to go 1-0 down, to miss a penalty, 1-0, 2-1, proper cup game by on. the sounds of it. And for me, I'm doing a, a documentary on them this season for my dissertation, so I've got all that footage in the bag. I don't know how many people have said, let me have a look, let me have a yeah. look. Yeah, um, get on Netflix. <laughs> everyone watch it then. I'll, I'll, I'll make the call. Yeah. But um, first, it's just what they've done. In, in the two years, uh, three. I think Mark Russell's been at the club now for four or five years. Uh, Jez Baggett working alongside him. There's these history of great people involved with the club that are still there, but they're, they're turning the corner, they're thinking differently. They've got the new clubhouse. And I think for Argyle fans, if they don't make the trip to away get away day, mm. you know, a lot of them do, and that's why the Green Army, the, one of the best supported teams in the country. Um, but they can come down to Parkway now and attendances do dip when Argyle are at home yeah. and they do grow when Argyle are away it's, it's um, and they play a good brand of not at the moment they've just got to get through these yeah. these weather pitches but you know what you do here and promoting non-league football as well it just bodes well for, for the future of Plymouth football and for players like Jack Calver Carl Moore uh, Billy Palfrey Mikey Williams to name four players of that squad They've got Jamie Larry there, who yeah. goes in, mm. who works at Argyle. He works at Argyle, yeah. yeah. Wonderful player. And you think, God, if they do get to a position higher up, Ryan Lowe will go, right, let's get them out. Yeah, absolutely. And it could be a partnership that works and benefits uh, Plymouth as they look to progress up the leagues as well. Yeah, indeed. That, that Hebburn game, I mean, obviously massive disappointment after... Yeah, after such a such a long trip up there, um, but it's again it sounded like an incredible occasion. I think there was eight eighteen hundred there. Eighteen hundred. Um, you think Parkway? They've got this model, and they want to, and then you go to a place like Heaven, and they're years ahead. Mm. They are two or three years ahead, and um, and it's a football hotbed, the North East, yeah. isn't it? And I mean, that's they eat, sleep, and drink football it's, up there, which is probably not the case down here. Lee Hobbs said exactly the same thing. Oh, yeah. He's, it, I think yeah. football's instilled in the blood yeah. up there. Um, that's not taking anything away of the no. passion we have down here. No, it's just another level, isn't it? It, yeah. it is another level, and, yeah. and that the people, the the place, the atmosphere. I mean, it had to come to an end at some point. Even if they won it, then it would have come to an end there. But I think to to do this, and they've never done that in the bars before. History making season. Um, they went out on a whimper, and and their their players will say that, but that's football at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah, you can't what win happens them. on the day. You can't win them all, and no. and then they went. They had Hallen on the weekend, and 
first game since that and 2-0 down at half time mm. and you think they're, oh, they're feeling sorry for themselves but second half they, they turned it around in a 95th minute equaliser and that's what football's all about absolutely <laughs> um, you, you mentioned there Mike about Parkway and their aims to get into the, the Southern League how well equipped are Parkway to do that in terms of the infrastructure the state the, 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 I say the stadium Bolivar Park yeah the the, the pitch is immaculate when when it's the weather's amazing and to manage that pitch that'll be fine they've got a new clubhouse lovely clubhouse yeah. oh, I love the, yeah. the new car park um, when more people come they're going to have to think about other ways of parking around the area because that park, car park only holds so many but it's the stand and that's I think that's what the club are talking about now so it's there has to be a minimum seating, covered seating, so they're going to have to do something if they go up. But um, Mark Russo is an adventurous man. Um, I'm not too sure of, of what goes on behind this, behind behind the scenes on the board level, and I don't want to. It's it's. But I'm sure if they do go up, a plan is definitely in place for them to. The infrastructure's all there. Yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah, well, Sue and I have been talking for a while that we'd yeah. like to get along and see a midweek game. So. By the way you were just describing it, Mike, it sounds like we might get an opportunity in the not to this Absolutely. future. Absolutely, with all these games tr- coming up. Try out the new clubhouse because it is very, very, very smart. Very smart clubhouse. Back to the port cabin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah. Two, two great, you know, Argyle, yeah. let's, um, I mean, for Ryan Lowe, for yourself, for, for, for the Green Army, I just, it'll be amazing if they, if they gone on and, and, you know, won the league, that'd be, wow. <laughs> and any listeners that do fancy going down to Parkway, yeah. get yourselves down there because yeah. uh, it sounds well. As I say, I'm, I'm looking forward to going down there myself. It's, to see, it's, see what it's, it's all definitely about. a good standard of football. As Mike mm. rightly says, if it could get into the Southern League, then you are playing against teams yeah. with a lot of ex pros and, and stuff like that. And uh, and you've always got the, you know there's lots of players at Parkway who have got Argyle connections yeah. in one way. Whether it's a Jamie Lowry who's played for the first team and now works for the club, or some of the the yeah. young lads that didn't make it for whatever reason at Argyle are now having good careers. Billy Powerfries, Jack Calvers, oh, people like that. And there's Plymouth Lights. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it, you know I wish them all the very best. I, I try and keep my eye on their scores uh, when I'm travelling around the country and seeing how part way I've got on. So uh, so good luck to uh, to everyone at the. Uh, Partway. Absolutely. Right, well, that's all we have time for this week. Mike, thank thanks you. ever so much thanks, for coming Mike. in. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for Chris, thank you. thank you to you as well. No problem. And Bring thanks to you out there. <laughs> <laughs> thanks to you out there for listening. We'll be back with more of the same next week. Bye bye. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account at HeraldPAFC or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.